This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, do you? Well, we do here at Shake Them Ropes. I'm Jeff Hawkins. He's Chris Novembrino. Chris, we are a week away from WrestleMania, the Man. granddaddy of them all. I, I'm in Dallas, and you can just feel the electricity <laughs> in the air. There are a smattering of billboards around town. People are is saying there any things. energy? I mean, or is that just no. gonna be all next week? I, I guess it'll be next week, but uh, I mean, I, I've seen a few advertisements around town. It just does not feel like the last time they ran. I think Dallas. the big, the, the big media, yeah, the big media push. Well, the last time they ran Dallas was because that takeover was such a hot ticket because that was the Finn Balor, uh, Joe match, and then Sami Zayn and Nakamura. Yeah, that was, uh, I loved that mania. That was a lot of fun, especially because I was staying at the WrestleCon Hotel, which is right across the street from everything. And, and that was. Uh, but that it's was... like my friend circle does not have this buzz. Yeah. I you look at the Internet, it doesn't have that buzz. I'm in the city where it is and you don't feel that buzz. My normie friends have not brought up WrestleMania to me once. And the indie scene isn't as hot as it was last time. Dallas ran so that's also I think that's a big part of it because there was a big to do about WWN slash evolve and all those promotions running shows at uh, at that great little cowboy bar there that I, I love that place that's one of my favorite venues I've ever been to and plus really good brisket nachos yeah, like, when, when, pot, the, when the pod- barbecue made when, it very easy to dude, enjoy. When other podcasters and I talk to each other, it's one of those things. Like I talked to a uh, black cat from uh, old school wrestling podcast. Good guy. But he always goes, remember those nachos? <laughs> Dallas place? I go, yeah, can't, can't help but remember those things. So, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, it's a two night stupendous event. I'm just like, well, let me ask you this. Because we are. We're somewhat stateside centric on this show. We barely go into New Japan or other. I, I'd companies. like to think of myself as an international soul. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. I'll, I'll ask you about stardom later and what you think Kyrie Sane's going to No, do. you can just ask me about the planet. Okay. Um, what is the best program in terms of. I'm going to ask two questions. What is the best program right now in terms of logical booking and maintaining your interest going into this mania if any and who's doing the best character work going into this mania in your opinion wow do you need some some time to think because i can i guess the most logical program is the lesnar reigns program like if you just shut off your brain and start from like the mania beginning of this it has two characters 
I kind of, I hate what it's turning the match into, which is like a bit of a comedy thing now, almost like there's like a little bit of the heat out of it, but like Lesnar has a clearly defined character. So I I guess I'll say Lesnar's doing the best character work and therefore by default, I'm going with Reigns and Lesnar, but you can hear how lukewarm I am as I'm saying all this. Well, my answer was Lesnar is doing the best character work. And that's a revelation to me. It hit this. But it's a problem too, right? Like the way his character is working right now, like the the skit on Monday where you have like the Uso or or the one with the forklift. Was that last Thursday or last Friday? Uh, Um, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like the Usos are really laughing. Lesnar is so goofy that like the, the family is now the bloodline is now like almost like a a team of buffoons with yes. Roman and, and it doesn't feel like this match is going to be very intense. No. And it hasn't been building intensity to the match. It's just been so fun watching Lesnar clown around Roman Reigns. Be friendly and be a cowboy yet never lose the edge to him. That's the weird thing to me is he hasn't lo- him being a babyface has not lost any of his edge. That, that I like, and even talking, I mean, he, he's now cutting his own promos, which is somewhat amazing at this stage in his career. Uh, I, I may have misrepresented uh, my question about the best program, but I'll, I'll tell you what, what the best program to me is right now, and it's going to shock you. It's this Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville program because they're doing great work on the TV and they're, they're, they're doing the good work on social media you need but there's layers to it. There's stakes to it. They continue to build upon each various thing, even especially since getting the intercontinental title off of Sami Zayn so that that wasn't involved. But, you know, the, the pranks have gotten a little bit more meaner. I, I've, I'm shockingly liking this Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn angle. I actually would have liked this more if it was Knoxville going for the intercontinental title. That would have been interesting because Knoxville coming up short against Sami Zayn. Now you have an explainable reason why it makes sense that like Knoxville is not going to win for the intercontinental title or whatever. Um, I kind of, I I don't know. I would have been more into that than I am. Ricochet and Los Lotharios. (laughs) In a three-way next week. Yeah. On WrestleMania Smackdown. What a build. You can't wait. I, I mean, nothing says go home show like Ricochet. Is is Damian Priest and Finn still on the WrestleMania card? Because Finn's in this battle royal. This Andre Boy, have they cooled off on Damian Priest from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. Yeah. This is a guy who was in a program with Bad Bunny last year, yeah. if you can remember. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, just, just the fact that... Uh, you know, I, I'm asking if either of the mid-tier belts are on this thing. I mean, t- to me, the worst program, and this is through no fault of their own. They they have a plan for it. It's just one of those things where I'm watching and going, this makes no sense, is, is the Seth Rollins one. where he, Oh, I knew you were going to say the Rollins one. The Rollins one's horrible. He's so bad. He can't get on WrestleMania because he keeps losing. And his nothing, nothing builds intrigue for a Cody match like seeing Cody match. Seth Rollins exactly. on a losing streak where he can't beat any of Thank the other you. people. Let me, um, and then he'll probably lose <laughs> to Cody Rhodes. So what will that do for Cody Rhodes? <laughs> oh, can you imagine if he wins against Cody? Right, Rhodes? Like, like there's one of two options: Seth Rollins breaks the streak against Cody, or 
Cody beats Seth Rollins, a, a white cold Seth Rollins. Yes. Yeah. I just, we'll, we'll talk cold programs in a bit because this week's television is full of just cold programs and they're not making any connection, but let me, let me tick off a lot of the listeners real quick here. Um, with a, with a, with a question to you. Oh, it's your turn Chris. this week. Oh, but you're asking me a question. Well, yes, but the question is going to be so, so angering to a lot of fans that, uh, uh, that, that, that I assume because <laughs> judging from my Twitter mentions, all right, so we've signed Keith Lee. We've signed Swerve Scott or Sir Strickland. And after big debuts on either Dynamite or pay-per-views, they are the building blocks for your AEW B show. Shall we call it that and be generous with it, correct? We're going to call Rampage a B show, right? Oh, Rampage is decidedly a B show. Thank you. Are they better off headlining the AEW B show with WWE X talent, quote unquote, we'll call it that, and getting one third of the audience to one half of the audience that NXT 2.0 is getting right now? Is that an upgrade for the guys who went over there? It is better to be on the first hour of Nitro than the main event on WCW Saturday night. Okay. Yeah, I, I it's just one of those things I think about and I go, well, look, you can tell me that they're doing star builds, but if you're going to anchor your second show with guys you just signed just because they're good wrestlers, I'm, I, you know, Hook is the best thing going on this Rampage show every week because they. I'll, I'll expand a little bit. I think for a certain level of talent that's still developing, Rampage is a perfectly fine vehicle yes. for it. And I think you are correct to hone in on Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, who 100%, maybe 1000%, do not need the additional shine that Rampage would provide them. And they instead need to be on dynamite every week. Yes. Um, and there are you. people on dynamite who perhaps need to be on rampage, especially if they're like in a cooling cycle or whatever. Yeah. That's what I would think. Get the guys you want to heat up on dynamite, get the guys you want to cool down on, on rampage, but they're cooling down, but they're still bigger stars than any guys you have on there right now. It, it's just, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm a little, look, I still enjoy rampage. Don't get me wrong. It's a fun little hour. I'd change that commentary team. I'd, I'd put Regal on that thing immediately and I'd take off Jericho and maybe Taz and definitely Ricky Starks. I just, it's Jericho on commentary is just death on that show to me. And especially he's right now, even, doing worse, the heel now. Run. even yes, worse now, especially now that he's run heel, but uh, yeah. So we'll get to more, uh, more of those types of conversations in the lazy river of wrestling criticism. We do have a little bit of news to go through here first. Uh, big story coming out of today. On a first take on ESPN with Stephen A. Smith, Triple H announcing that he is completely finished for now with in-ring competition because of his heart issue. Went through the entire story of uh, what happened with his heart issue. Very scary predicament that that he went through. Um, some interesting, uh, some interesting debates on the old uh, on the old Twitter today about Triple H's legacy. Any thoughts on in-ring Triple H before I go into my little history spiel? Man, in-ring Triple H is so hard to separate 
from political AAA. There we go. Thank you. Continue. But <laughs> if I am going to make that divorce, I think Triple H's lasting contribution in the ring is in the entrances. He always did have a sense of flair, whether it was your sense of style or not. Okay, yes. fine. Um, he always did have a sense of style and raising the ante on entrances. And Cody Rhodes, when he debuted in AEW, did ribs on Triple H's entrances. And imitation really is the sincerest form of flattery. And we've seen myriad imitations of various Triple H entrances through the years. He had a flair for the Hollywood. In the ring... I mean, boy, I always found Triple H matches to be boring and plotting. I, I yes. don't. I, 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 I'm <laughs> hard pressed to find one I honestly like, Jeff. I, I, I'm like for real. On I, this. I, I, I enjoy it. Like, like, look, you, you can't deny that at least they're interesting. The ones with Undertaker and HBK in later years. I mean, they're uh, fine. So when he was willing to be giving, it yes. was okay. Yes. yes. But like, there are so many occasions where it would have made sense for him to be giving and he wasn't giving. Yes. And it makes the matches hard to enjoy on any level, even if there was some decent work in the middle because Helmsley just wasn't willing to give. And this is for a man who acquired so much. Um, and, and this is also what complicates his legacy in terms of being the, the overseer of good indie wrestling coming to NXT. It, it, it was so weird watching, you know, the, 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 the NXT daddy Triple H re reclamation project in many ways. Because, like, for me, you tell me Triple H, I think of I think of the Booker T program for Mania. And just what an absolute jerk. <laughs> you, you race bait in the program and then you can't let him win. And then and then you also you're also doing the over dramatic cell of crawling over before covering him. And it just made Booker T look bad because he was WCW. I mean, you did ask about his contribution in the ring. And I think you bring up an interesting place where he did contribute. And that is in this modern style, which I very much think of as the inheritor to the post triple H NXT style, triple H's vision of, wrestling circa 2013 2014 2015 is very much what people in their head have as the platonic form of capital g capital w good wrestling now yeah and, and it's the rubric that we look at aew through and when it falls short it's kind of falling short of the, the moment wrestling days. i think is a good yeah. way to put it as well yeah the, the way it felt with diy the way it felt when finn Balor debuted in nxt um i mean Sami Zayn and kevin owens like, there's so many great high water marks in that era of triple h's vision and like that was triple h's style and his vision of the modern style which i think has been proven right with time so i think that and a sense of entrances is really like his big contribution in the ring um and i'll never think of him as like one of the greats i'll never think of him as like bret hart right like like you know he he's not Shawn michaels he's sean's friend the guy the guy who ruined triple h for me is jim Cornette, because jim Cornette goes Triple H isn't the guy who makes money. He's the guy who attaches himself to the guy who's making money. And I never got that out of my head. Uh, might be interesting for those to know. I think I've said this on the program before. Triple H 
as Tara Ryzen in WCW back in 92, 93, the second internet darling, which would shock people given how the internet doesn't like him today. First one being, uh, I believe, a uh, stunning Steve Austin when he came into the territory in WCW. But after that, the big guy, uh, the, the guy that everybody thought had tremendous upside in Rex Sport Pro Wrestling, one Tara Ryzen. And they're like, why is he getting saddled with, with, with Steve Regal here as a, as a blue blood type, you know, and, and then eventually he goes to, goes to WWF as the Greenwich blue blood. And then eventually, you know, makes friends and becomes the triple H that we all know various incarnations through, uh, through various tributes. Like he had his Harley race phase, he had his you know, evolution and, uh, you know, I, I'll give him props for synthesizing Harley race and motorhead too. That, yeah, that yeah. in hindsight is pretty bold. But he's looking like Lemmy and, and, and yeah, Harley like, race like, yeah, making us. Yeah. No, like that, that's actually kind of badass. I'll give him that. Yeah. I just, his, his, his promos to me were always one of those things that, uh, it drove me nuts. Oh, dude. I mean the, the legacy of ACE, sprawling 30 minute hunter hearst helmsley promo as late as 2013 when they were doing the authority angle and he would hijack the beginning of those raws when you wanted to see daniel bryan and you instead got 30 minutes from hunter on the mic when he wasn't going to have a wrestling match anytime soon of the asides and the little burials within the promo that you knew that you knew that he had it so that he could say whatever he wanted about the other guy but the other guy could never get one over on him unless it was done with permission. You know, yeah, it, it, you can't mouth off to Stephanie's husband. Yeah, exactly. So it was always one of those things. Um, you know, I, I, I'm one of those people that I go, I, I find is, I find his in ring work solid, but not, it never blew me away, you know, because it was always, I, I think plotting was the right word. It was plotting between the story points to get to this next, you know, the next chapter, here's where so-and-so is going to lift his head above the apron in anger and gur. You know, it's, it's very, he would have been a great tag team wrestler. Like if his entire career had been like around tag team wrestling and he did promos for the team and he was like the kind of less good guy in the team, but he was like, you know, like the less good guy in, in a company that liked teams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that would have been where he would have excelled in terms of in the ring, but the, the him as a single star, it's just always been, it always was that it was always just build to the pedigree, huh. throw some knees. Okay. Now, um, do you see it? You see what I'm saying? Like yeah, he would totally work well in a tag team. Yeah. Especially depending on who he had playing off of him as the other guy. I'm just trying to think of the other guy. Cause uh, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I mean, he's, he's much bigger than people give him credit for. I mean, even after, you know, better living through chemistry, old, you know, middle-aged working out, 13 hour a day, triple H, you know, so he could look good for mania. But i just mean in the early days, I mean, he came, he came to wrestling through bodybuilding. So I think being the power guy in a tag team wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I think, I think you're kind of right on that one. Yeah. It just seems to me that his style was never kind of diverse enough to support a long form singles match, but could be, buried nicely in the confines of a tag team with a faster guy. Chris, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the level of, uh, 
the level of impressiveness in 1993, I guess it would be on Rex Sport Pro Wrestling was look at the size of that guy getting up there for that high knee. <laughs> That was that was work rate. Well, we got to Sabu uh, and Benoit. So and, and our tastes change. And also, I mean, as we talk about these things, the internet made it possible for us to talk about these things and think about these things in different ways. Yeah, and it also opened the door to all the shenanigans backstage that Triple H was pulling. So it's one of those things where it's soured me over the years, quite admittedly. But uh, I think that'll do for Triple H uh, talk. We will uh, go directly into the news. It's a little light this week, but you know. It's there. Uh, part of the Wrestling Observer. Tyson 2.0, a cannabis brand that, that uses Mike Tyson's name, has acquired a majority interest in Ric Flair Drip Inc. to use that name to launch new cannabis brands. Chris, you like pot when you smoke a Ric Flair brand? Of course. I, I, I like pot. <laughs> I'd smoke Tyson pot. I'd smoke Ric Flair pot. I'd smoke Harley Race pots. Harley Race. What would Harley Race? The head butt. <laughs> Knock you on your ass, son. That's the tagline. Somebody take my money. <laughs> I I, I, I'd, I'd smoke the Nick Bockwinkle stuff. It makes Bock- you. It makes you speak in big words that you don't know, <laughs> like protuberance. That would that should be the name of it, protuberance. A Nick Bockwinkle weed brand. That's what I. You get all talkative and loquacious, and you want to open up a thesaurus whenever you smoke Nick Bockwinkle. Uh, that, that'd probably be more of an edible. I think, I think Nick Bockwinkle would be far more of an edible type of brand. It, it worked for Bobby Heenan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, Tony Storm opened up an OnlyFans account and made an estimated $31,000 in subscription money the first day. Mm, good for her. Get I'll, that I'll, cash. Like, get it. Get that yes. cash. Yes, yes, yes. Good for her. <laughs> that, that, is, that, is, that is impressive. Although, look, Tony's kind of impressive. Uh, <laughs> there's, there are certain parts of the body that people want to pay to see for Tony Storm, and she knows this. This is pure supply and demand. All I'm saying is if you pay me $31,000, I will absolutely smoke that Bachwinkle on camera for the full hour or for the full day. Dude, you pay you $31,000 for anything for a day's worth of work. I think, I, I think there's, 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 oh, uh, there's a lot to be had uh, <laughs> to be doing that. I just, well, I wonder, you know, I wonder if you even want, uh, why would I want to come back to wrestling? Although that's a second income stream. That's the thing. Well, yeah. you, you come back to wrestling to make sure that the only fan subs stay Oh up. yeah. For brand expansion. Yes, yeah, exactly. Totally. Exactly. No, that's correct. WWE has filed the trademark WWE, the grand jury, WWE grand jury. What the hell do you think this is? And do, are you as scared as me by this trademark? Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this. I hope that they impanel several grand juries and they indict various We've always wanted. We've always wanted McMahon indicted for something. <laughs> All right. So, like Hawkins, there have been a lot of questions about certain members of the roster. In particular, one Commander Aziz. I think there are war crimes questions. That would be a military tribunal, though, not yeah, a grand that's jury. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Maybe the grand jury could lead to the tribunal. 
I I am almost positive this feels like a reality TV thing. Like a tough enough, but for like, you know, or or some sort of promo. This sounds like the entertainment type of thing where where we get judges for things. I am. uh, I'll have to ask about this, I think. My curiosity wasn't really peaked when I saw it, but now I'm I'm scared to death of it. (laughs) Yeah, it, it doesn't sound good. Whatever it's going because to be. Because we know when WWE gets to legal stuff, <laughs> look, they can use big words like abeyance, but they also do things like little people's court. And they which, also do things like Otis loses the briefcase. Oh, that's court. right. Otis lost money in the bank in a trial. In court. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what are we doing? Uh, numbers, because we like numbers here. Uh, Impact Wrestling last night, or not last night, but on on Access this week, 100,000 on the dot, 26,000 in the demo, New Japan, 84,000. AEW Dynamite getting back over a million with 1,046,000.41. I believe they were third for the week or third for the night. I can't remember which one. Hey. Uh, WWE NXT 628,000.14 in the demo. Raw 1,769,000.50 in the demo. And SmackDown on Friday on Fox 2,147,000 viewers.58 in the demo. SmackDown feels a little low going into a WrestleMania build. This is about where they are, though. 2.2, 2.1 million, kind of going back and forth. Look, I... Makes you a little bit worried for the SmackDown numbers post-Mania, then. A little. Uh, but... Because they haven't they haven't dipped below 2 million yet on SmackDown, but if they're hanging right around 2.1 going into WrestleMania, it makes you wonder, like, what does the post-WrestleMania lull look like? And 2.1 they... feels like the mean. To me, it really does. It, it's not. I don't think it's going to drop too much below that because it is network television. But I, I just I don't think they're going to. I could see Fox going into the next round of negotiations and going, look, we can we can get bigger value of a replacement here. I mean, absolutely. That that was the word. I mean, especially if they do something football related, which that was originally the plan was that this was going to be kind of tied in with some sort of football product. Um, of some kind on Fox, and I, I just I, I don't know what happens, but what's the XFL Fox, up to? It's coming, dude. It's coming like next month or something. It's yeah, it's about ready to play, but I believe that's an NBC product slash ESPN. But Fox Sports is going to be very very interesting coming into this next deal because they have lost their number one play by play and color team for the NFL on Fox. So I'm going to be very interested to see how they rebrand that because Fox Sports they don't have the deepest roster in terms of like CBS has a much deeper NFL uh, commentary team than Fox does. And also the NBC play-by-play team got sh- shooken up as well. So it's going to be a lot of rebranding going on in terms of football, which is the dominant sport in America, whether or not people like it or not, it's, it's the NFL rules TV ratings in America. So It'll be interesting to see how Fox deals with SmackDown going into the fall. I'm, I'm going to be very intrigued by that. But I, I, I still think, like, I think 2.3 is probably their peak in any given week. 
and 2.147 just seems like it seems like a, a base number to me because I, I, I haven't well, then seen that it. still feels bad. And like, like what I'm saying is they should be at peak numbers because it's WrestleMania season. This is when the interest going into the show should be the highest. It in theory. Yes. But let, let's talk about that. Cause that's kind of, I mean, we'll, we'll start the lazy river on this then because that is a very interesting in the age of where pay-per-view doesn't matter. And Peacock subscriptions aren't going to necessarily go up because of WrestleMania within the industry. It feels like it should be your biggest show and whatever, but with TD revenue being the persistent driver in that WrestleMania this year feels like just another show to me. I gotta be honest with it. It does. It doesn't feel special at all. It doesn't feel like I'm going to be able to see something that I've never seen before because we've seen Brock and, and, and Roman go at it. We've seen Ronda Rousey and Charlotte go at. In fact, most of these builds are everybody facing the people they're going to face in mania for the past couple of weeks. It, it's really, I mean, the empty arena mania felt like a much more important build to me than this. The two night phenomenon has been absolutely horrible in terms of narrative building because this is supposed to be the biggest show of the year and yes the way they still talk about it you bring up stupendous the implication here is this is still the big one um but it it has a little bit of that marketing without any of the marketing buzz when we're talking about the television numbers and i think you know when you're talking about an upcoming contract deal or whatever not to circle entirely back i i think one of the things that a potential television partner might want to see again is that there's going to be a hot season that they can bank on, you know, juiced up ratings. And if you start making WrestleMania just another show and keep imbuing it with this just another show energy, I worry that the audience is really going to kind of get conditioned to that. You could tell them it's stupendous, but the two night thing now to bring, bring it back around to that. The first night is the B show to the second night. Yes. You can tell me that it's not, but it is. It definitely is. Look at that lineup. Right. And, and, and they even put a even bigger bullseye on this thing for some reason. And I'm shocked by this. I'm as shocked as anybody. Both women's style matches feel ice cold to me going into this. I thought Becky's promo wasn't very good. I saw, I saw both. I saw people that didn't like it. And I saw people that thought it was really great. I had the makeup was a little bit over the top for Becky. made her look not very good, to be honest with you. But besides that, y'all know I love me some Becky Lynch. But Becky Lynch does have a problem in this character as it is, where she is not emotionally connected to the character. She's just saying words. And, and she hypes it up, and she's not, I mean, she's, she's playing Conor McGregor but she's not invested in Conor McGregor. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's a, there's a weird disconnect. Well, there's a real limit to how much she's willing to dress down her opponent going into mania. That too. too. Like, there's no heat there in terms of, I mean, we, we had a legit injury here and yeah, the, the, the best line coming out of that thing was, you know, I, I, you injured me on accident. I did it on purpose. But even when she said that, I was just like, Nobody believes that. You know? <laughs> no, actually, everyone believes the opposite. They believe that the hair whip was real and yeah. the attack is fake because they know that WWE is a fake show. 
I know that Monday's the go home and anything can change on that, but does this feel like Bianca gets her revenge finally? Because I think even if they give Bianca the win, I think Becky Lynch still ends up showing up in the last match of the night somehow with Ronda and Charlotte, either after the match to build for quote unquote next year's mania, which should be or SummerSlam or whatever, a stare down. I have a lot of problems wondering if they're going to do it justice and have just have Bianca win in 24 seconds. Cause I think that should be the story quite frankly, but I think there's too much invested in Becky to do that. And that's what makes it weird. Yeah. I, I tend to think that the 24 second victory for Bianca is the only narratively satisfying thing that gives Bianca something close to her lost year back. Yes. But at the end of this, it's still, and that's a good way to last year. This has been uh, a lost year for Bianca Belair, but I also have doubts that they're even going to redeem the lost year. Charlotte and Rhonda is a terrible program because that's one where you could get heat. I, I don't know how you can say that. Ronda Rousey is absolutely <laughs> acting her ass off every single night on your television for you, Jeff Hawkins. And it's a gift that she's back for us, and we should be thankful for that. It's an office politics feud. It's a, my legacy, and I was the, I'm the queen, and uh, Charlotte's not saying it. Both these women, good Lord, just let Charlotte be Misha Tate. And just say, Rhonda, talk to Charlotte like she's Misha Tate. And you'd have decent promos. But again, Rhonda has that talking like a third third grader who's been denied a toy in the toy store type of delivery. And WWE has just the worst scripted lines for her. Like bringing yes. up the Barbie doll stuff with Charlotte. Yes. Does, it doesn't actually work with Rhonda. I can't quite put my finger on why, but like there are a number of lines in the promo from tonight where it, it's just, it's, it's bad on the delivery, but it's also bad on the content. Is Charlotte a Barbie doll compared to Carmella? No, we've watched Charlotte bleed. We've watched Charlotte do hardcore stuff. She's an athlete. Let, let's not. Barbie is nowhere near as flexible as no, Charlotte. No, no. Or as good at math. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's probably a Malibu Stacy joke more than anything. But no, they're just like the, the tete-a-tete tonight where she's sitting in the Hollywood chair. That's so that's. It, 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 it's a misfire. I mean, look, Charlotte's character has not evolved in a long time. It's she's the queen. She comes out. She dresses like a peacock. Woo. I was born for this. And, and when it it doesn't change, it modulates slightly. So like right now she's Hollywood Charlotte, but it won't yes. last. And it's it's not like a meaningful thing that has any. Yes, power. I'm just I'm just I'm baffled by this because there's a program there. And they missed it. And I was like, OK fine um <laughs> and the rest of the programs are good but not great but they they feel slapped together somewhat or just okay we've been watching this every hey we're gonna have alpha academy our team rk bro and the street profits do a three-way which is what they've been doing every week there's no i think part of the reason why people i mean the people i know who are going to wrestlemania go to all the wrestlemanias because they're a fan of WrestleMania. They're a fan of WWE. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. 
I understand that. But there's no, I got to be in there when this happens type of match that you're going. We won't ever see, we may never see something like this again with the possible exception of the Steve Austin thing. But I'm sure if Steve Austin does something on, on Saturday, or if he actually has a match on Sunday, which I don't think it will be, I still think, I, I think it's going to be the talk show. And I think there's going to be representatives from Texas who just do every finishing move on Owens. I don't think there's going to be the, I don't think they're going to announce a stone cold Owens match for Sunday on Saturday, but even if there is, I think stone cold ends up on raw on Monday night for those people to see him. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a, Hey, we may never see Steve Austin again in a ring type of thing. So I, I just, it, 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 this feels, look, I'm not going to say that, that there have been other summer slams within the last, since this show has started that haven't seemed underwhelming on paper because there have been, but there was at least one thing you went in there and go, I can't wait to see this. Like the one in Orlando where, where you knew the Hardy brothers were probably coming in as a surprise thing for the tag team thing. That, that, that was a moment to be in the stadium. And that was a lot of fun. I don't see a fun moment in this other than maybe stone cold for both nights. What do you do for night two then? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I really struggle. I, I mean, it just feels like you need to wrap the stone cold angle across two nights. Like that's the move here. I think and they do. No, I think they Austin might. is not having a match with Kevin Owens. Austin's not going to like go for the Luthes press and then get popped up into the pop-up power bomb. Like this isn't happening. Austin yeah, at most can deliver a stunner and that's what he will do. Yeah. No, it's going to be a lot of kicking. He's going to do the stomp there might mud, be hole. Mud, mud hole stomping. There'll be, there'll be some punching mud hole stomping and there'll be a stunner. And like, if Austin was going to have a match at this point, that's all he could do. So like, I don't know why anyone would want a match. Here's the other thing I think that might prevent that as well. If Austin was going to have a match at WrestleMania, he'd want Jim Ross to be calling it. Cause that's his guy. And I don't think, I don't think there's any way in hell that Jim Ross could be at WrestleMania. Don't get me wrong. Deals can be made. But, but, you know, and also Austin has also said, if I can't go full bore, I don't want to do it. I kind of believe him. I take him at face value on that. I, you know, I, I just, I just don't know. struggle to figure out how a Steve Austin would really be able to put anything beyond like about five minutes. And that would be with a lot yeah, of smoke any, and mirrors. You anything know? other than, you know, a vanity type of or, a, or a, uh, a tribute match more than an actual match. And I don't think he wants to do that. So. Yeah. I mean, he'd have to, you know, take him around on the outside and hit him against the stairs and right. like, you know, throw stuff at him, you know, like a lot of plunder because he's always got really is the mud hole stomps. He's not, I don't even think he goes for the Thez press. Um, he's not going to be like throwing a bunch of suplexes or so, anything. So my thought was going to be a bunch of Texas people go on the KO show, like Booker T JBL, Austin and maybe the undertaker. Yeah. And they so, each, they each hit a finisher type of thing. Yeah. Don't talk yeah. about Texas. Stone yeah. cold surprises them. Yeah. Yes. He surprises uh, Owens with his friends. Yeah. Something like that effect. Um, here go on the lazy river. All right. So this is a broad topic, but it's one that's top of mind here. I really hate AEW's usage of referees and like interference and like, for example, 
this week, Bryce Remsburg with the turnbuckle during the Layla Hirsch match where right. he sees the first turnbuckle and then doesn't see the second turnbuckle, but like red velvet is laid out like in a way that any wrestling official would be able to recognize is not the result of a suplex or something, but is in fact the result of like a steel chair. Like she's like dead limp. Yeah. Um, like I think that that spot would have worked fine if red velvet's like kind of rolling around a little bit, but like red velvet chose to sell that. Like she was shot um, and, and was now dead. Uh, and Remsburg walks over, looks suspect at it and still counts the three. And then later on in the night, Ross has like a weird Rossism, but it actually made me think about the implications of it. Uh, Aubrey Edwards ejects five and 10 of the dark order from ringside. And it is based on the fact that Aubrey like heard a sound or something. Uh And Ross goes, that was an audio disqualification. And it was making me think about how like audio disqualifications really don't work in the world of wrestling. Like it has to be the rule. And like AEW has been putting some like equity into this a little bit. Uh, I don't know how consistent they are on this, but like that, that like you need to see something in order to be able to disqualify it. Yes. Uh, and they had just, I mean, in the same way that they had literally established that earlier in the night with Remsburg there. So like, it, it's a small complaint, but like, if you're going to use the ref and do these like, officiating storylines or whatever they need to be done in a consistent way or done less. Yeah. I, 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 there was a lot of that on, on dynamite, to be honest with you, that, that bothered me Um, because I was like, I I said the second hour felt very WWE derivative in many ways on, on the, uh, on the dynamite show that I do over on fight game after oh oh, you mean julia hart reminded you a little bit of alexa bliss did she (laughs) well no what what my my thought was the the uh, entire well since since wrestling has gone into the monday night raw live slash nitro era and since wwe has quote unquote won the war and stuff like that there's there's a basic formula in that heels always have to cheat at all times to win a match which which makes cheating less special. And when you get two or three matches, like I think Layla Hirsch was fo- the, that Layla Hirsch thing was for them followed by the Adam Cole low blow. And he's only been winning by low blows of late. You know, and I think before that there was another heel who won before Layla Hirsch, but they were all, you know, they were all standard heel has to cheat to win. This feud must continue type of things. And I felt it was very derivative of the other company that second hour. Like the first hour of AEW, I thought was a lot of fun. Like that, that, that four, that eight man tornado match was the, the mass havoc I want. Sting out Terry Funking. Terry Funk these days is insane. Give it up for the Butcher and Blade who take massive amounts of damage from guys coming off of high things through tables. It seems once a month or once every two months. But back to your point, and I apologize for getting off on that tangent. We'll talk a little bit more AEW in a second. But I felt like it, it, it feels like the people who are booking wrestling right now, that their entire realm of how to do a wrestling show is, of course, WWE. So they do that now. And, and the problem is heels aren't getting a lot of credibility because they always cheat. And because they, they're on TV every week, 
wrestling other good wrestlers so they have to cheat as opposed to building up the credibility and then at a big moment they cheat and then it gets a lot more of a louder reaction like the cheating for adam cole these days isn't getting over because he does it in every match he does the nut shot in every match and that's the only way he can win and i don't think anybody's ever brought it up on a promo or anything that's the other problem here is it's never called out because Cole is building this tough guy. I'm going to kick your ass type of thing with Adam page. And I get, you know, okay. He's a heel. He's supposed to do that, but it doesn't, it doesn't have the necessary big fight feel because you know, it's going to, because you know, that the, the whole, his whole basis for getting these matches is because he's just nutshotting everybody. So it's like, you kind of go, well, he's just a flake. And I think it'll make him less relevant as a champ. If he, actually does get the win yeah i I think uh adam cole and and also to a lesser extent layla hirsch these are people who need to be getting strong wins right now um let's let's talk a little layla hirsch okay like i think in this match against red velvet rather than cheating using the turnbuckle her should just be like aggressively going after limbs and stuff yes yeah and she should be willing to use the outside and use like you know the the surroundings the steel post to target limbs and that sort of thing um and show no mercy and be absolutely like aggressive and unsportsmanlike in her aggression towards limbs like a disregard to the competitors future matches but she shouldn't be cheating because she still wants to be viewed as legit she is AEW's Shayna Baszler in terms of the presentation. Like remember there, there was a running joke on this show and even in the fightful neighborhood, when I was there that Shayna Baszler on the main roster is an MMA fighter who doesn't understand the rules of professional wrestling. Layla Hirsch as a heel is a professional wrestler who doesn't understand her own gimmick. Because you notice, like every time she's she's trying to do these running knees and she's going to the top rope and always getting caught, and she's getting caught an idiot on commentary by Jim Ross anytime she goes to the top rope. She they need to hire a couple of grapplers so that she can just murder death suplex, work a limb, hire Sarah McMahon from the US UFC because she's been wanting to get into pro wrestling, you know, hire those types of women and let her be Taz. But man, this this red velvet match, it had anti-chemistry. Like, I never want to see these two work with one another again. And I like both of them. And but- this should have been a perfect vehicle for Layla Hirsch yes. to like really because red velvet, especially with her her slight limbs, is perfect for limb targeting and selling the pain. And you want her to recover and fight back, but like the pain is too much, and then Layla goes in for the kill but we're getting these 12 step moves from red velvet where I'm going to jump on the ropes and then I'm going to bring my leg and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the and, and she wasn't hitting anything. And Layla Hirsch is like getting like caught on the top turn, but what if we're going to set up a, a match with Chris Statlander, which was the whole point of this thing. Yes. Have her beat the crap out of red velvet because red velvet can take the loss right now. Have it be a legit one, no pun intended, but have it be one where it's just, she just beats the hell out of her. 
but she's enjoying beating the hell out of her. And she continues to beat the hell out of her before Statlander comes in. Uh, I mean, before she gets like the ragdoll pin and then she decides to beat the hell out of her some more. And then Velvet can come or then Statlander can come in and and Hirsch can flee. But instead it was this this dopey. She can only win by hitting people with a giant clunk of metal, which doesn't make her look good necessarily because she's been doing that every time. Like against Statlander. Yes. With the size difference. Yes. It's explainable. No, and as a dichotomy from the way she normally yes. carries these, these enhancement matches. So like I, I, to your point, I want these matches to sort of end where Layla Hirsch is just toying with her opponents when she's got the upper hand, when she's in control of the match and she's certain that she's going to win. She likes to toy with the wounded opponent, but up against someone like Chris Statlander, who she's not sure that she's going to get the win against. That's when the, the weapon comes out or something like that. But the, the heel version of Layla Hirsch still needs to view herself as legitimate and care about the perception of being legitimate, but also be willing to put that aside to just get the W. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, you know, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voice of wrestling podcast network
Let's talk a little promo stuff here, Chris. Because AEW had an issue with promos, I thought, on, on Wednesday as well. Um, as, as a former improv teacher, my note to both FTR, you know I love, but I'm going to critique him a bit here, and Wheeler Yuta, who <laughs> just had anti-chemistry on there. I, I, I thought Wheeler Yuta had never spoken to another human being in his life watching that thing. Having emotion going in before the camera starts rolling. And don't try and start neutral and build your way to it. You're not that good yet. You don't have the ability to change levels necessarily just yet. So stick with the emotion that you're trying to convey and do that from beat one. Because when these people start neutral, they're not building themselves up to any kind of crescendo. And the Wheeler universe, I just want to be a better wrestler. I'm like, okay, great. Didn't think, uh, Trent's reaction was warranted. They've, they've mentioned a couple times on commentary that he doesn't like Wheeler Yuta, but we've never seen that in any way. So all of a sudden, I hate you. I'm like, that's a little strong. I can, I can, I can get you, but at least I can, I can in, in directing and producing a vignette, I can ease you back from the edge of being too over the top with an emotional choice. I can't make you bigger in an emotional choice. If you don't choose to go there first, and and and, that, and and FTR drives me nuts too because that that, that that they should be mad at somebody, but they always just kind of we're the best team, etc. It's very neutral and almost expository in some ways. And yeah, I think the whole point of that that promo was to get the pink hue in the background to represent Bret Hart's coming. Don't know if Bret Hart helps the act, to be honest with you. I, I worry that Bret Hart outshines the act because people forget that Bret Hart is actually pretty funny. And I worry that FTR is not going to necessarily like, I'm with you. Like Hart is entertaining. FTR seems to be developing, especially cash seems to be developing a little bit in the charisma department, but I don't know that bringing in a new manager is what these guys need right now. I think they need to find their footing as, as talkers. Um, and I don't know that Brett's going to make them a better talker. Like in a way I, I, this doesn't work for other reasons, but like who would help them would be someone like Cornette who could essentially be making them better talkers and also doing the talking and the managing. I don't know about that one either though. I wouldn't bring in Cornette. I like that. There are many reasons why you wouldn't bring in. Right. But at the same time, you don't want a guy who's dominant on the stick either. You want to, I don't think that Cornette would be trying to dominate them. Okay. I do. I do think Cornette, like in in this hypothetical scenario, Cornette would be someone who would be there with the intention of helping them get better and flying on their own eventually. But like, I, I don't think it works for other reasons. Um, but I, I think I bring up Cornette really to illustrate that there are certain things that Cornette's skill set wise has that Hart doesn't. And while I love Hart, I, he's like one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, I'm a big Bret Hart fan. I don't know that he's the right guy for them. I really don't. More on the rough night of promos. That that Vicky Guerrero, uh, Thunder Rosa, tete tete. Is Nyla Rose like a bigger star now than she was 18 months ago? Because, you know, when you're talking earlier about like holding position sort of people like Nyla Rose feels like the ultimate like gatekeeper 
this is this is this is her role in this company at this point. And Vicky Guerrero does nothing. She's just I don't like Vicky Guerrero. One, with this she's act. a one night song. She's she, a one note song. Yeah. I, remember when she came in, we we're like, I hope they just don't do the WWE. Excuse me thing. It's all I know it, it gets heat, but that's all it is, man. It's a one note program. It's a one note symphony. And I just I can't handle it. And, and for God's sakes, how do you, ex- I mean, look, the, the, the running joke is nobody gets to finish a promo in AEW, but you have to have people finish promos in AEW. It, it's, it's just, it's, it's become, it's driving me nuts right now because it's just, okay, here's going to be the next program, but none of these people get themselves over on the stick because you keep interrupting them every time. And it's just, and, I, and with Rosa, there are question marks that Rosa can be, the main narrative vehicle here. And so pairing Rosa with the most generic of villains in Nyla Rose, I'm angry and Vicky Guerrero, excuse me. Uh, I don't know that this is a super compelling first. I, while it's a foregone conclusion that Rosa will win. I don't think it's a super interesting story for her right now. Uh, I have two ways I want to go here and I don't know which one first. So I'll go with the shorter one. Uh, we can tape the Jericho Appreciation Society promo so that he doesn't blank and he can do a retake. I know we want the live audience reaction, but it's not necessary here. Am I wrong on that? Because he, yes. flo- he flubbed the no, line you, and he couldn't you, get it back. You, you are because this entire act is now dependent on the Judas sing-along every week because they need to do the sing-along. Jericho needs to love the sing-along. And then Matt needs to get on the microphone and he needs to real quickly remind the crowd that they're actually a heel act and that they should be booing. And then Jericho will slowly try to get them back into a heel mode um, after the big sing-along. And so like it is dependent on the sing-along. I don't know why, as you can tell, I'm not a fan of the sing-along. I think it's silly if you're a heel act. I think like the... I think they all know that they should take the music away and no one has the balls to do it. Yeah. It's kind of like the, 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 this happens in the other company from time to time. It's like, he's so popular. We're going to keep doing the music. And then no, this is Roman reigns with the shield music. When, yes. when the shield was like when Moxley had left the company and he still had the shield music. <laughs> um, uh, tale of two promos as well. Uh, I'll give you the choice of which one you want to start with. Did you have a problem with MJF's? "Quote unquote cheapness in his in his promo, and what did you think of the Sammy slash Ty slash Dan Lambert promo? I thought both of them were weak, to be honest. <laughs> I, I mean, MJF with like pig and all of that stuff. I, I guess is it like War Pig, uh, which I mean is is kind of gnarly because it's like a black or a Black Sabbath reference, but." Uh, I, I would guess so, but I mean, I, 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 I mean, I just it it wasn't the know. mom, the Jesus, the whole yeah. thing. I just yeah, it wasn't yeah. a lot to it to me. It just I was mean, yeah, I, it wasn't a lot to it. I mean, I don't know. It it it, it it's fine. And I, the, I, the Sammy tie thing. Are they trying to turn them heel? Because it's coming close for me. Just it's it's obnoxious. Sammy's what lines. is it about like people who are supposed to be baby faces working with Dan Lambert, this tailor-made <laughs> heel, and somehow ending up somewhere in the heel range? Uh, Cody Rhodes is the last victim of the Dan Lambert black hole. Yeah, God bless Ty Conti, but her personality gets out there two seconds before the words. 
<laughs> because of Amber. But Dan Lambert may, uh, saves this, ironically enough, just by reacting. Dan Lambert's reaction to to the to the dumb Sammy. Imagine what we did with that belt and the kissing thing. The overreaction there. Dan Lambert made Sammy look like a million bucks. Like like his his reactions are just so damn fantastic. He's the he's actually the secretly look because a lot of people had problems with his cheap heat too, but he was funny being the cheap heat kind of guy at the same time. So it's a little bit more forgivable for him. I, I think the belt antics too, that he does just like him in the belt outside of the ring, like being excited as like co-champion is Scorpio sky. That's that's good heel stuff. That's There's the guy who should be with FTR Lambert. Yeah, but like they want FTR to be baby faces, and like yeah, that's, no, that's, that's, that's going to be the tricky thing here too. Normally, I mean, baby faces don't have managers. I mean, in the in the if if they were heels, because Dan Lambert loves old school wrestling, he could he could feed both Dax and Cash, you know, old school teams and old school moves and whatever they could have. A, they could they could get over his heels if they were still going to do this, but now they're going to do baby faces. And I think next week with the Pinnacle, I think. FTR gets beaten down by Spears and MJF to get them out of there. Yeah, I, I did think, you know, the the weird, interesting wraparound of like, oh, the pinnacle's still together. It's like, oh, are they? Huh? huh. huh. Okay. Huh. All right. <laughs> News to me. <laughs> it feels weird. How does MJF feel about Tully getting fired last week? Because I don't yeah. think anybody's brought that up yet. I mean, it's yeah, that's that's the weird. I still want the follow up of like uh, Dan Lambert's deal with MJF from last week, where like Scorpio Sky gets the pulp beaten out of him, and was Scorpio <laughs> in on that? Like, <laughs> how did that work? <laughs> the inner play of all that, yeah, that. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but but if you're gonna watch, if you haven't watched it yet, that first hour of AEW was such a. Oh my god, D- Dax and CM Punk was great, and Dax like, and CM Punk was fantastic. Yeah, and like I like seeing Matt Hardy. I, I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm excited about the Hardys, but like I think Matt Hardy is good, and as I've said multiple times on this show, uh, Hardy people really underappreciate how much of a draw he still is for fans. Like people just like that guy. Um, you know, and in in an engaged Jeff Hardy with uh you know the Jericho juice that's out there and the other things that are out there saying thanks to science these days is an intriguing prospect to me. Um, even at this stage of his career, I'm enjoying middle aged crazy Sting. I just am. oh yeah, I know he's so fantastic, isn't he? He's so great. <laughs> um, I Julia Hart uh going goth or going Alexa Bliss is is wretched and like the house of black stuff really stinks. Can, can I say that there's a difference between long-term storytelling and just dropping a plot point and coming back to it? Cause I'm, I'm tired of this narrative. I'm tired of this. Well, they're telling a longer story with Julia Hart. No, they're not. I'm like, okay. How have they built Julia Hart at all out of any of this? Uh, I would lo- I would love to read someone connecting the dots like through all of her dark matches and stuff and be like, well, you see, Chris, <laughs> not, like, Chris no. she's been selling this eye longer than a pile driver in Memphis. I mean, <laughs> it's gone on for a good like nobody else was affected this way, although it'd be funny if they go, look, Cody was so affected by the mist. He went to a different company. Uh, but, and let us not forget that Andy Kaufman once received a pile driver and got cancer. So, I mean, wow. it does. Yeah. 
Make sure you listen to that Jim, not Jim Carrey, Andy Kaufman, Jerry Lawler, shake them ropes available. Cause I took it out from behind the paywall on the feed somewhere. Look for it. Um, yeah, no, I just, it's just, yeah, let's get to that. And, and of course the, uh, the thing tonight with Fuego del Sol, it's just like the staging of it is so hokey to me. And now, now they're going to be in a feud with the dark order, which now we get, this is what acolytes versus corporate ministry when they were thrown out type of thing. It's the spooky crap. And it's just like, okay, whatever, man. Cool. Yeah. And you know, rampage for its part, it's, you know, you, you kind of brought it up already. It's just like this B show. Um, is it AEW Thunder? Is it AEW SmackDown? Is it? Uh, I, I was calling it Saturday bad. night. I was calling it Saturday night. Saturday night. Okay. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah. Because you know, there it, is that, there is the TV main event to end the show. So, yeah. That, that's right. A, that's and then they, they usually would put like, you know, like one or they would put like a TV title match or a cruiserweight title match on Saturday night. And sometimes they change titles on Saturday night. So it's like it's not like totally irrelevant. But also, if you didn't see Saturday night, it wasn't essential or whatever. And you could catch up on Dynamite or Nitro. Speaking uh, of not essential, do we want to talk NXT? Yeah, we sure can. Uh, because boy, if, is that not essential? If you try and follow this or take any kind of investment in this show it's gonna disappoint you and i i could not we have an nxt women's tag team titles chris do you you, you recall the origin of these nxt women's tag team titles do, do you not if not i can i can i can refresh your mind it's more of a rhetorical didn't, question didn't, didn't bailey and sasha win them uh that is incorrect Okay. But, but I will talk about them. They were created out of last year's Dusty Cup because the winner of the NXT women's or the, the winner of the Dusty Cup was to get a WWE women's tag team title match. So Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, who won the Dusty Cup last year, go or get a visit from the then WWE ta- women's tag team titles who should have lost to the NXT people to keep it interesting. But at that time, Chris, we were doing a, can they coexist between Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler? If you recall, which then brought in Reggie, the <laughs> sommelier into the story. God, what a great storyline that was. So the next week, they give them these NXT women's tag titles to have. And it la- their tag team title reign lasted an hour. Because by the end of the show, the people that they beat in the, in the Dusty Classic, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, had beaten them for the titles. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that because those people are like barely in the company. I think one of them isn't anymore. Yes. Ember Moon is no longer with the company. Shotzi, I believe, might be working on an injury or has just been lost in the shuffle in the mania build. But nevertheless, so we get to the second annual women's Dusty Cup. After we have we don't have a plethora of riches anymore on the on the scene, but we have an interesting match here. I enjoyed it for what it was because I love all four women involved. So I'm biased, but the Wendy Chu Dakota Kai uh, team, it's, it's the unrepentant stupidity I need combined with 
Wendy Chu being very, very talented versus Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. Okay, cool. I'm here for that. We win the Dusty Classic and we dismiss the NXT Women's Tag Team titles because the hell with that. We'd like to use our title shot to be inserted into the Cora Jade, Mandy Rose, morass of <laughs> Rube Goldberg devices and make this a four-way. The week before the event. So there will be no build here of any consequence. And it's like an all titles are on the line thing too, right? No, the tag titles are not on the line because that's, I don't believe so. I don't believe the toxic attraction titles are on the line here in any way. Wow. Wow. So we have now done two women's dusty cup classics for, for the equality of it all. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And basically screwed over the women's tag division both times. And I just like, how can anybody, it was like the first women's money in the bank when they decided to have James Ellsworth get the briefcase. It's like, do you realize how much you hurt women's wrestling by doing this dumb crap? And do you think they care? Because let's put it this way. The other women's matches on this show were nothing to write home about. Even as much as I love Electra Lopez's look. That match with uh, what Fallon uh, Henley. Fallon Henley. <laughs> that was some rough sledding right there. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm just I could not believe they did this, and especially with EO and Kaylee Ray. I get the, okay, I get it. Look, Mandy Rose versus Cora Jade is a horrible, horrible idea to <laughs> to, to mainline your women's division on NXT. Edward James almost stand and deliver. I get that. But, <laughs> but like that's also the angle y'all chose to write. Yes, like, that's no the one, angle. no that's one the... made Cora Jade the number one contender, but y'all. This is the road you chose to go down to build up Cora Jade, and instead, what we've done now is we've taken out any any kind of goodwill that whoever wins this match gets because. You can't possibly consider belting Cora Jade. She's not going to get belted. It's going it's to be Mandy no. Rose pins somebody else. And so right. that way, or, or, or somebody pins Cora Jade to win the title because we want to protect Mandy here. Because we can't give her her comeuppance just yet. Because there's so many, there's so many roads to go down with this toxic attraction act. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Mandy Rhodes is definitely someone you, you trust to carry the long form singles ring match at the general. top of the card. Ring general. Mandy Rose. Yeah. yeah. No, which is why pairing her, having her as a champion is questionable. But like, if she's going to be champion, she needs to be going up against the Io Shirai's, the Asuka's, the Kaylee Ray's, the Mako Satamora's of the world. And those people carry her to a good match. Having Mandy Rose as the ring general carrying Cora Jade to a good match was always a unbelievable ridiculous ask of the two people involved well i'm not done yet ragging on this idea of the dusty cup yet because we go to the men's version and the men's version was to have a number one contender for the nxt tag team titles and get there and what do we have now for nxt stand and deliver we have a three-way match for the titles with the winner and the loser of the dusty cup finals in there with the tag team champions and probably 
the debuting Pretty Deadly coming over from NXT UK. Are we just handing out participation trophies at this point and trying to get everybody on the show? Is that what we're doing here for an 11 o'clock on Saturday morning show? That <laughs> I am going to be very surprised if they get a house for this. I'm going to be honest with you. I just, it's, it's, I'm, I'm baffled by how they think they're building people doing this because, and I love the NXT tag division right now, even as we speak, I love you, the you see veterans. talented acts in there, but they're all talented despite the material yes. they're working with. Yes. I just, and of course, the guy, I gotta, like pretty deadly. I, I, I think for pretty people who's going to be fun and to see how they who have the not stage. seen pretty deadly i think y'all are in for a treat they have developed into a very nice tag team over the last few years here yes but and and like i like them paired against the creed that's an obvious natural foil like them as sometimes friends with the grizzled young veterans but not always friends that seems like fun too grizzled young veterans are the guys from nxt uk who came in there and paved the way for a pretty deadly to come in there and here come these young whippersnappers coming up and taking their bit the Creed brothers are perfect because they're going to be brawlers against the pretty boys and pretty deadly. That's going to be great. I think pretty deadly and MSK is a fascinating little thing to watch as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, although I think MSK is still woefully miscast as baby faces. If you think Sammy Guevara is good heel, I want to show you guys MSK. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. They are heels. <laughs> Who <laughs> are pushed as baby face. If you think like, Sammy drips heel energy, my dude, you need to watch MSK. It's like watching Sammy in stereo. Can we uh, have a moment of silence for Duke Hudson's chest? <laughs> Apparently I, not. I have watched that at least 300 <laughs> times because I am watching the audience every time they do that. And that audience jump to their feet with with that 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 was amazing <laughs> doesn't do jack squat for duke hudson unfortunately who is but who, he's like doing the girlfriend angle thing and typically in wrestling when you're in one of those girlfriend angles wins and losses don't really matter we have like six of these acts though now because we have the duke hudson one we have the brooks jensen one we have the the uh uh, serial killer Dexter Loomis one. This is just this is just too much. This is just it, too much. Uh, uh, Sweet Valley High for me to to get into. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I think I'm fine with Hartwell and Brooks Loomis. Jensen is a virgin. No, Hartwell and Loomis uh is is fun to me because they're at least married and they did a whole marriage angle or whatever. I feel like they've earned that one. The other ones feel hotshotted or like they're boring, like Persia Parada and Duke Hudson's just, yeah. Eh. And will you look at that? The wild boar got a singles win on NXT UK, baby. <laughs> we call that boar momentum where I'm from Jeff. <laughs> oh, but that reminded me of something because on, on this NXT UK show, it's also another gripe I had about NXT 2.0. Chris, this is a kid's second week on the stateside show after a big win against, uh, <laughs> oh God, I forgot his name. I was going to, Kushida gets a big win against Kushida, loses in week two, albeit in, in the net, in the uh, North American title type of thing. But he's also going to lose in the, in the conciliatory three way as well, probably. 
do we want to make new stars, Chris? Or no. do we just want to have 50-50 booking? We I, just want to have 50-50 booking, Jeff. Just, like, like, we don't actually care. It's impossible to watch this iteration of NXT and really derive any narrative enjoyment out of it. Unless you're a bad racial stereotype like Tony D'Angelo or something, who, who's a pretty talented guy for his level of experience, but just... But I also hate that entrance because it's a pure babyface entrance. Yes, that too. There's there's nothing heelish about that entrance at all. He's not really a dick to the crowd. He wants them to all be loving and adoring him. And he's like, yeah, come on. Or whatever. He's not like, there's no exhibited disdain for the audience. No. Um, and I, I, the whole jovial thing, I don't think he ever, he doesn't ever go like will and mercy on it and switch out of the jovial thing into the mean guy thing. Um, and let you know that it's all really a front. So like you get this sense that like Tony's this happy go lucky guy and these, these annoying wrestlers just come in and ruin his good day. And otherwise he'd be, you know, having a good time with us and doing Italian things. I will say, and this is the last note I had on NXT. I do miss that Robert Roode glorious entrance feeling like a big deal because I, I it's, it's a wonderful entrance. And when he got to SmackDown was doing it with Gable felt a little driven. I, I, I I'm liking the dirty dogs in NXT. I think they belong there. I, I don't want to see that. Look, I know the money's better on the main roster and stuff, but, I think this is the one thing they're actually getting right these days is using veterans in, in NXT for the most part. I hesitate to say getting it right. Not, although, yeah, no, I will, nah. I will track that, Your Honor. I, that was too strong of a statement. Uh, <laughs> they need veteran presence there to train some of these young guys. Yes. And Ziggler and Rude very much fit that billing. I just, I am not... You know, we opened the show talking about Triple H's legacy and like the absence of Triple H is clearly felt on this current NXT. Product. A little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, any other notes that you had for any show anywhere? Um, I don't think so, man. We did Dynamite. We did. We did Raw. And we already I mean, we already did like a WrestleMania preview. I think we got it all next week. Our official WrestleMania preview, maybe a little bit of final battle talk as well. I think we may go. We're going to try and go early so that I can. uh wax poetic on FTR and uh, and the Briscoes, but uh, apparently, according to Tony Khan, watch all the way to the end, Ring of Honor final battle. Do not leave early if you're going. Uh, he is told that it will be well worth your time. We shall see. We shall see what we do next week. Uh, my name is Jeff Hawkins. You can follow me on the Twitterverse at CrapGame13. His name is Chris Novembrino. You can follow him on the Twitterverse at DWATG. We are a part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. But in addition to that, we both do other shows. I am over on Fight Game Media every Wednesday right after dynamite doing the dynamite show with paul fontaine that is uploaded probably about an hour and a half after dynamite finishes we tape pretty much about 10 minutes after the show ends hot takes not well thought out by me usually but they are hot and piping and delicious chris does hot and piping takes on politics on a show called don't worry about the government it's on the old patreon he's going to tell you about it now Patreon.com slash DWATG is where you can check out the last episode. Don't worry about the government. Another one will be coming out sometime soon. I'm hoping to tape sometime this week here. 
Uh, you can also come and see me if you are already in the Dallas area, just because you like to be out in. You like to get out ahead of the crowd. You want to spend a week in Chris Dallas. Chris is a man of the people, and he's going to meet people in Dallas. Well, you can come and see me at <laughs> the Double Wide, 9 p.m. here in Dallas on Sunday night. That's Sunday night, 9 p.m. at the Double Wide. That's when this we Sunday, go not on. Sunday, Mania Sunday. This <laughs> Sunday, this Sunday. So it would be March 27th. Uh, you come on out and uh, get there around eight, and you can come and see my band, The Withered Blooms, play at nine o'clock. We're gonna rock the house. We'll melt your face. We'll warm your heart and really prepare you for that WrestleMania week. We'll keep you warm the entire week, baby. Will you be going to any shows in the Dallas area during the wrestling, Chris, so that people could get a manly sh- handshake from you of some kind, perhaps? Uh, maybe uh, I'll check the I'll check the itinerary here, and you know if you hit me up at DWATG and. You just want to like link up and get some food or something like that on on Mania weekend. I will uh, I'll, I'll slide down there on Friday night or something. The, the, the Bachwinkle weed. <laughs> yeah, if you if you got some Bachwinkle and you want to come and party with Nova and get down on a little bit of Bachwinkle, let's do it. Hit me up. 